everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Andrea Gazzetta! Yay! We have got a great episode for you. It's Andrea's Week Part 2. Freaking sweet, bro. (laughs) Freaking sweet indeed. Uh, But before we get into it, we have got a little bit of news and reviews. First of all, the reviews are in. The live show was... It happened. It definitely happen. did. We're pre-recording this. So we have no idea what happened or what's on fire now, but we are sure that it was great. Yes. To everyone, uh, we want to say thank you so much to the citizens of Florida. We are so sorry that happened. We did not see that. Um, I didn't think the new codes were real. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought it was a bit, but you live and you learn. Um, and if you could just return at least half of the koalas to us, that would be great. That would be amazing. Yeah, we, we have to get our deposit back. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and always get your koalas from Australia because the prices are down under. All right. <laughs> um, if you watched the live show and you liked it and you want to watch it again, or if you were not able to watch the live show when it happened and you want to watch it now, your login credentials should still be good whenever we get that video up uh i will try to alert everyone when the video is available but it should be not too much after the live show happens itself um in case anything changes uh we will let y'all know via email the same one that you got your ticket from if you want to listen to our podcast somewhere new please consider rooster teeth Woo! I'm a rooster with teeth, and I'm a monster. Please kill me. Okay. We're all doing. Oh, wow. all right. We're all doing fun impersonations of animals. <laughs> all right. Uh, Roosterteeth.com. <laughs> it's a great place to listen to all of your favorite content with shows like this one and others. <laughs> including Good Morning from Hell, where you've probably heard us guest star. Yes, and Red Web and Black Box Down, two podcasts that are quickly becoming uh, some things that I listen to a lot. They're weirdly, they're in a great space where they're morbid, but not too morbid. You know what I mean? Like, it's Rooster Teeth. It's not the create the character I did a few seconds ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's really good. I love it a lot. Check out that. There's an app too. It is free to use. I believe that you can pay to get ad-free streaming. It's a great time. And uh, yeah, that's about it. I think without any further ado, let's get into the show. Hello. 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 <laughs> let's dive in. <laughs> <laughs> For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm, organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership, organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers, organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships, and organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always... These are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have Andrea Casada. Yay! Yay! 
It's Andrea's week again. Bow, bow, bow. Part two, baby. <laughs> I like your own celebration for yourself. I'm excited. Yeah, I uh, I celebrate myself because I fully realize how much work you guys do every week. <laughs> and it hurts my body. And I'm proud of myself. <laughs> Good for you. I'm proud of you, too. I'm proud of you as well. You're doing great. I'm doing great. So, quick recap. Last week, we went on a journey with Nicole Daydone and learned about her traumatic past, her sexual awakening, and training in the Morehouse School of Orgasm. She <laughs> left Morehouse and decided to go her own way, launching One Taste in 2004, but things were looking bleak. Business sucked until, in 2009, the New York Times wrote an article on her group. Even though there were heavy warning signs in the article about the possibility that this was becoming a cult, the promise of a reliable female orgasm launched a done and one taste into a new stratosphere. Today, we cover one taste part two, the second tasting. <laughs> Ooh. I like that you describe the orgasms as reliable, like a Toyota or a <laughs> yeah. Honda. You know... That's what women really want. It's just a reliable old orgasm, you know? Cup holders, CD changer, <laughs> reliable. Us here at Honda, we're going to get you there. <laughs> we're the helpful Honda people. <laughs> we're the, Hi, we're... helpful Honda people. I haven't been able to have an orgasm. Well, we donated $10,000 to Hitachi to make sure that you can. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> And I won't ask for anything in return. This shirt's not the only thing that's blue. <laughs> what I liked the most is that uh, basically what the New York Times said was like, women haven't been coming for a long time. And now that they know this is possible, it's highly likely they'll start a cult based around <laughs> them getting to come. I mean, Men have been doing it for years. Yeah. Historically... <laughs> Historically, women just have not been coming enough. And I think that this is a real awakening, you know? Historically. I don't mean in this house. I mean historically. <laughs> Thank you. I just wanted to clarify. I don't know. I want the people to know. If you go to coltpodcastshow.com slash shop, you can find the Armando Makes Her Come t-shirts now available for $69.99. Oh, damn it. $69.69. Of course. Obviously. I I would also like to celebrate that we charted on the cr true crime charts today at 169. Hell <laughs> nice. yeah. It was like our entry into the charts was still 69, and I was very <laughs> excited about it. You know, if we go 69 first into everything, like if we go head first, face to butt first, or uh, <laughs> uh, are you 69? Wait, how do you think this works? Whoa. Wait, wait. Did you say face to butt? <laughs> yeah, she did. Sure. Can we say penis on every always? Do you know how much? How do you know how often we've talked about balls? You could definitely say penis on this podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, if we go sixty nine first into every podcast chart, we're gonna be on top eventually. Because you change positions. <laughs> you start at the 69 and then you're on top. Anyway. Um, or you could go side to side. Or you could go one right after the other. You know, whatever works for you guys. Sometimes there's a height difference. Ah, yeah. The old yeah. six comma nine. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Six get a stool nine. Um, the 
just means somebody's upside down. <laughs> Fucking circus people? What is this? So, in May 2011, Nicole de Don publishes her book, Slow Sex, The Art and Craft of the Female Orgasm. You're going to need a hot glue gun full of lube. <laughs> yeah. And business starts to boom, baby. Well, yeah, when you mm. link arts and crafts to vaginas, in fact, now that I'm saying it, I'm sure there's several Facebook groups that do that same thing. I I mean, probably. I feel like arts and crafts of orgasms just sounds like at some point someone's like, we need more popsicle sticks. Like, <laughs> why'd you leave the pom-poms in the living room, Janet? Like, you know, it's I'm just picturing arts and crafts. Um, that's my sexuality. Get the vajazzler. <laughs> I love dirty arts and crafts, or as I call it, farts and ass. Oh, hey. Speaking of which, thank you to everyone who sent us dirty breads. What? Ooh. I didn't see any dirty breads. We we got a Mexican sweet bread with a vulva carved into it. Yeah. In June 2011, she holds a TED Talk called Orgasm, the cure for hunger in the Western woman. <laughs> Wait, is is it the cure for hunger because all those poor hungry men are finally eating pussy? I mean, <laughs> I mean, she says it's cure for hunger in the Western woman, which makes me think like is slim fast and orgasm and no. So <laughs> Nicole outlines this in her book, but something that she does a lot is they equate any type of happiness or fulfillment with sexual fulfillment. And the two in the in the lingo of this group become interchangeable. So they start to call things like, like if they're in a group setting, they'll be like, I'm really just really turned on right now. And it doesn't necessarily mean in a sexual way, but it's like, I am turned on to happiness. I am hopeful and alive. And it becomes this way to say all these other things. So they sort of start to mix sexual terminology with like everyday emotional terminology, which I think further blurs the lines between what is sexual and what is emotional between people. And that's something that we're going to see a lot more of. But this is her kind of starting to talk about that. Um, wow, that sandwich was so good. It made me jizz my pants. <laughs> was it the mayonnaise? <laughs> I feel annoyed because we've gotten reviews before that are like, hey, too many sex jokes. And I'm like, but what about these people? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I guess because what you're saying is you, they basically, an orgasm is more like an idea. It's just the sense of gratification or, or finally accomplishing something. It's or, the sense of being fulfilled. Yeah. So hmm. an orgasm <laughs> is a sexual fulfillment and they see the that the part of their theory is that if you can break down the mental barriers to a sexual orgasm, you can use that same process of focusing your mind and being present to break down barriers to fulfillment in every part of your life, which is a stretch. Yeah. Um, but my favorite part of this Ted talk, it's called, so it's called, Orgasm, The Cure for Hunger and the Western Woman. If you just write Nicole Daydone, D-A-E-D-O-N-E, TED Talk, it should be the first one that comes up. So before you start it, I'm going to say she does something really beautiful, which is in this video. She does it a couple times, but this is my favorite moment. 
she pauses for a laugh that never comes. <laughs> and it is my favorite thing to watch people do. If you ever watch someone bomb at stand-up with material that they have said before a group of friends or that they've said at a bar and all their friends have laughed and then they go on stage and they tell it and they wait for that laugh and they're so ready for it and it just never comes yeah it's the opposite of an orgasm yes 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 so we're gonna watch her wait pause for a laugh that never comes you ready okay yes okay female orgasm is vital for every single woman on the planet the second is it's not so bad for the guys either the third and on a much more serious note is that it roots our fundamental capacity for connection it's for this reason that I believe that at some day, at some point, you will hear yoga, meditation, and orgasm. And you won't hear it, yoga, meditation, and orgasm. So in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, that's not a bad joke. <laughs> Here's the thing. She is just going so left field. I think what really happened here is this is something that she has said over and over in her circle of believers. And it is yeah. a joke that is common among them. But when you just take it to regular people, it's more of an abstract concept and it's not as accessible and they don't like her as much already. Like they've only known her for two minutes on this TED talk stage. So they're not willing to laugh at this thing that she is waiting for the laugh for. What, what, what That's time? true. This is probably a joke that should have been at minute 10. Yes. Instead yeah. of two. Yes. What time period is this? So this is really when she starts to blow up. So New York Times wrote about her in 2009. This is 2011. And it's one month after her book was published. I think a, a big thing to talk about why it might not be working is it's it, in 2009, if you're talking about uh, people being embarrassed about sex, I don't think it's as relevant anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're pretty open. Yeah, I think that like yeah. her and her believers get off on the thought that like normal people are like, we don't talk about s sex at all. We don't do that. Well, the thing is, it's like you can go to a sex shop. It's fine. And for the most part, it's largely unstigmatized. Like you can just go to a sex shop and it's fine. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, this is 2009. So we've already had like it's widely publicized. The Sex in the City episode on vibrators has long passed. Yeah. It happened. Everyone knows about it. Um, sex shops are now in malls like you know, it, yeah. it is not the taboo that it used to be. Now, granted, given when she grew up, that is probably how she grew up is with it as a taboo. But I would agree, probably not as much or in she's in the wrong circle. If yeah. she went to a women's church group, maybe this is a different story. Maybe maybe that joke kills, yeah. you know, but like. She's talking to a bunch of people who came to a TED talk about the female orgasm. Yeah, they, they already bought the ticket. For. Yeah, they're they're already there. Well, and also they're in San Francisco, so it's just like right. Yeah, we know women be coming. Yeah, so uh, it's pretty funny. Um, in a San Francisco article around this time, she says, "quote I want to make orgasm an industry in the same way yoga is an industry." 
And this is when the One Taste Retreat Center opens up classes to the general public. So before this, the Oming Circles were exclusively for members of the Inner Circle, for the people that were living at the retreat every day. But I think that Nicole saw what was happening in the yoga industry, and she saw an opportunity to make a bunch of money. For just $495 in 2011, you can spend three days on a weekend retreat, run out of a hotel suite, learning how to own. If Nicole is the teacher, that price tag jumps to tens of thousands of dollars. For $11,000 in this in 2011, you can become a coach. This is something that the yoga industry has been doing for years. Being a yoga teacher doesn't really pay that well. You might get 30 or 40 bucks a class, but if you teach other teachers, you can make a couple grand in a weekend. My friend Mary went through yoga teacher training and she spent so much money on it. And then when yeah. she started teaching classes, she was like, you know, the part that I really liked about yoga is that I just get to be there and I don't have to think about what I'm doing next because someone tells me. And then when right. you're the teacher, all that work is for you and you just paid thousands of dollars so that you can be in charge of a thing, get less enjoyment out of it and make very little money. Yeah, that's like management really completely for almost anything like do you like being a low-level salesperson? How would you like telling other people how to be a low-level salesperson? Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. the Jordan mm -hmm. Belfort of yoga. Welcome <laughs> yeah, to my exactly. class. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's kind of what's happening here is they're selling this sort of experience and they're not just, when you pay $11,000 to become a coach, you're not just paying for the opportunity to teach oming you're paying for sort of an exclusive entry into this club yeah which is people on top people near nicole people with the secret people with the answers um for sixty thousand dollars you can get a one year membership which lets buyers take any course they wanted so wow this is a pricey pricey thing and this is again this is 2011 so she has just launched her book and that's what the prices are in this year um damn yeah so daydona is selling orgasm to many women that have never experienced it she's yeah. selling belonging she's selling care to people coming out of bad relationships one woman who joined one taste said that before one taste she didn't feel like she was worth 15 minutes of attention Wow. Which I think says a lot about the ways that women are often treated in relationships and the ways that the things that women accept in relationships when it comes to their sexuality. Um, she said this woman, she was on, uh, she has sort of like a, a pseudonym on the Love and Radio episode that I listened to. Um, but she said that after she left One Taste after a year because she had some negative experiences. But after one day, she said she, quote, can't go back to sex being a guy using my body to get off. Yeah. So I think that that paints a pretty clear picture about the sorts of people that they're attracting and also yeah. what they're selling, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I know this is a dumb question, but do they did they start making like merch for their follower like you know how sometimes you'll go to a yoga studio and there's like don't you know don't wake me up and don't talk to me until i've had my yoga did they have shirts <laughs> that are like yeah. 
don't talk to me until I've come this morning. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like this is a missed opportunity for the brilliant merch idea I have that's not linked to anything, which is just a shirt or a wine bag that says you can't spell Chardonnay without hard on. Hell and yeah. like, but like, I have nothing. I, I have no way to use it for anything. Like it's, you know, I just feel like a wine mom would like it. This, I mean, this has more like, I would say like patchouli vibes, but. What about a water bottle that's just squirt water bottle? So like the only way you can drink it is by squirting it out. They did what about- sell branded lube, I will say. Oh, that's right. Okay. I forgot about yeah. the lube. Yeah. That's useful. I was thinking, you know the little fish that people put on their cars? What if they had one that looked like the Volvo logo that just said Volva, and then you put that on your car? That's pretty That's good. That's pretty great. Although See, if you're driving like a Honda. They working on their merch. <laughs> yeah, if you're driving I mean, a Honda and you have the Volvo logo. But hilarious. that's what would make it so funny because people would be like, that's not a volvo and then they'd get like up close to look at it and they'd be like oh oh no that's a very strong vibe i felt like volvo would not love that but that's hilarious oh what the fuck are they doing right now come on volvo fight me (laughs) the car just car versus armando the whole car company i bet you i could take on i would say three-fourths of the employees at volvo I don't think so because aren't they like Scandinavian? Okay, I can take them on in a in in Rocket League. Okay, sure. Yeah. I mean that pretty considerably changes the rules of combat. Hand to hand, no holds barred, Rocket League to the death. <laughs> so I believe that this is the moment that the organization begins its descent. I think Mm. that Nicole could have written her book. She could have continued marketing modest resources to couples. Hey, here's a way to spice up your sex life. Come watch this video. Come after watching this video, (laughs) you know, but she got greedy. Instead, Instead, Nicole and a core group of followers open centers all across the world. Major cities like London, L.A., New York City, in each of these cities, they hold what are called turn-ons, quote-unquote, which are low-cost mixers, and they invite community members to participate in sharing games to make themselves vulnerable. Then they use high-pressure sales tactics to push them into signing up for expensive classes, even pressuring them to take on credit card debt in order to, quote, reach fulfillment. Oh, no. So it starts to get bad. And I mean, this reminds me of Scientology. Yeah, it is. It kind of like at the beginning, it is very much this like wellness yoga vibe. And then they start seeing this as a way to make money. And I think that's Mm. where it all starts to go wrong is as they push towards making more and more money. Things go badly. Yeah, it sounds almost exactly like uh, when we covered multi-level marketing, you know, like that's it just pushing people to their limit because it's the only way to achieve independence and freedom. Well, and that's kind of what they're saying. And I have a really good one-star Yelp review. Ooh, yes. yes. Of their San Francisco location by Chelsea from December of 2016. 
here it is. Here's part of it. It was so long. And I will say, if you look at their San Francisco location, if you just like in type in one taste San Francisco address, Yelp reviews, some real gems in there. <laughs> so this is what Chelsea says. She says, nothing is more disgustingly shameless than exploiting people's emotions for money. My boyfriend and I went to turn on seeking to connect with empowered, open-minded people. We left realizing the whole hour session was a sales pitch for One Taste's other, much more cult-like expensive retreats and workshops. Let me break One Taste sales pitch down. One, lure in potential new candidates with catchy title, turn on, and low price, just $10. Two, appeal to the candidate's sense. Nice location, free tea. Three, encourage the candidate to engage on a personal level. Interactive games. Four, build the candidate's self-esteem and empowerment up. You're really unique, etc., etc. Five, herd the candidate towards spending money in a way that makes it seem like it was their idea. You seem like the type of person that would really get a lot out of this class. Six, close the deal by making the candidate feel like they're both special and they're getting a great deal. We don't normally let people skip the ohm class, but I think you seem pretty in touch with yourself. Or I'm actually authorized to give you a discount. The first red flag should have been their enormous meeting space on Market Street. How do you pay for this, I thought? I soon learned. Wow. I gotta, I gotta ask you, what games were they playing? So what they do, and I, I watched some videos of this. Uh, basically what you do is you share, you get into a group and you volunteer to essentially share vulnerable secrets about yourself. So every person takes turn answer, like asking a question. So if Armando and Paige and I were playing, uh-huh. I would say something like, Paige, what is your biggest turn on? Or what is a secret that you really want to do with Jake that you've never said out loud before? Dress them up like Wolverine. Scorpions. <laughs> and you would keep talking until I said thank you. And when I, the question asker, say thank you, that means I'm done listening to whatever bullshit you have to say. It's time for someone else to ask a question. Okay, do it to me. Ask okay. me. Okay. Armando? Yes. What's a sexy secret you have? Um, sometimes at night I'm a crime fighter and my crime fighting alter ego is called uh, dildo man because I really just fuck Thank you, you up. Okay. <laughs> I have a, I have a utility belt and you wouldn't believe the stuff I got Thank on there. You. Okay. All right. <laughs> so it just sounds so passive aggressive to be like, thank you. Thank <laughs> No, thank you. It's, thank you. That's a, that's a, I, I, that is a really dark turn that I didn't see coming. Yeah. It's very much, if you think about it as a way to sort of, you are. You're like, it's like binging a person is what you're doing. You're just like, Hey, I'm going to cut through all of this. And like, you're going to tell me the most vulnerable part, vulnerable parts of you, but there's no buildup that makes it meaningful or worth anything. You're just explaining that to a stranger. If you read some of the other Yelp reviews, someone said literally in their Yelp review, they're like, they make you open up about these vulnerable secrets and then they use whatever they learn to sell you things. They, they use essentially like whatever your fears are or your secrets or your desires. They use what they've learned about you to better sell you these classes. That's like auditing and Scientology. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the same thing. It's, it's very dark. 
it's salesmanship 101 when i back when i i uh for a long time listeners of the show you guys know that i uh i used to sell direct tv and uh <laughs> they would uh basically put us in these like sales people classes um with like other sales people and they would just like kind of tell you to try to get a sense of what the person might be the most insecure about and i got in trouble for just uh we they made us like role play and i was i the person came up and they were like oh so you work for direct tv and they were like okay so assess this person and try to tell them what their biggest in insecurity might be and so my answer was uh so so your dick's small, you want to watch TV about it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I will say, as someone who has had to train a number of salespeople, the first thing we teach people in sales, and again, this is upfront sales. This is like you've walked into a store, obviously I'm going to try and sell you something. Um, the first thing we teach them is to ask open-ended questions. Yeah. Because the more you learn about the person you're talking to, a, the more accurately you can recommend things, because that was always my thing when I worked in sales was like, I don't want to sell you something you're going to hate. Yes. That doesn't benefit me. It's going to come back as a return. I want to sell you the best thing for you. Yeah. Regardless of what that is. And in order to do that, I need to find things out. Yeah. You know, so I'm going to ask questions and strike up a conversation and, and kind of get to know you a little bit to do that. Yeah. Well, and so you got like a small dick. You want to cook about it or like... <laughs> You'd be amazed how many people want to cook about it. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will say on a serious note, uh, what they taught us is because they were literally teaching us to be like sales monsters. That's all they cared about. It it didn't matter about what you needed. And what they teach you is to ask questions that can lead you to figure out how your product could solve their problem. Yeah, I mean, and that's exactly what this group is doing is they're finding whatever part of yourself you don't like. Yeah. And they're giving you a solution for it. So you got a tiny dick. You want to come about it? I mean, kind of. I mean, I'm just going to say this. I don't have a wall of Le Creuset French cookware that I got for free for no reason. Mm. <laughs> like the method works. So in 2014, One Taste receives Inc. 5000 honors for top health companies, which means it's one of the top 5000 quickest growing startups. At this time, Robert Candell leaves the company as chief offer as chief operating officer. We'll have a little afterward for him later. He kind of starts to to disappear as soon as Nicole launches her book. I don't hear anything about Robert. She vaguely mentions a business partner in her TED Talk in 2011, but I have no idea what Robert is up to at this point. Hmm. Is this the original cult leader? Nicole Dedon? No, Robert. Yeah, he's uh, the I original they... partner that helped her found One Taste. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, so Robert and Nicole founded it together, and then afterward, he just disappears off the face of the earth. Like, you don't hear press. He's not talking about it. You don't really see anything about him yeah. and one taste together. So legend says that like that in the first five minutes after making a girl come, if you listen really closely in between their thighs, you can hear him go, hey, it's Robert. How's it going? <laughs> my name is Candle. I, I did a line of vagina scented candles. <laughs> uh, my new business partner is Gwyneth Paltrow. Actually, we'll get to it. It's fine. <gasps> So the whispers of 
this is a cult. Start to grow louder. I think you mean the queefs. The queefs of, <laughs> is this a cult? Hey, it's Robert. Is that what a queef sounds like? Is that a fact? I don't know why, but I, I guess a queef... A queef is, I, I understand what a queef is, but I've never heard one before. And I guess in my brain, I tried to rack it to figure out what I thought it would sound you, like. You probably have and just didn't know. It's like a pussy fart. Yeah. I know yeah. it's like a pussy fart, but my brain thinks it should sound like a haiku. Does that make sense? Like the way it comes out will give you the same feeling and emotion. Air escaping hole, fast and making sounds of joy orgasm is food there you go Hell one yeah. <laughs> one taste fuck i cannot wait was a haiku <laughs> i cannot wait for these episode reviews solid research great queef impersonation <laughs> if you want to send it's a us a thigh coup if you will a thigh coup is oh! that Oh, oh, boy. Shit. All right. If you want to submit your thigh coup for the book that we'll inevitably write, <laughs> get yes, at us. Yes, yes, yes. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Coldpodcastshow at gmail.com. We're not even to the end, but it's as good a time as any. In a 2014 Refinery29 article, LA Center President Joanna Van Vleck answers to questions of people saying that One Taste is a cult by saying, Quote, I work for the company and I can say it's not a cult. Oh, okay. Some of the world's greatest things have been called a cult because people love them so much. Like Apple and CrossFit. The reason Ohm has raving fans is because it has changed so many people's lives. I would not be who I am today without Ohm. Oh, oh, bud. It's pretty intense. That's not a great. That's not a great. You tried to change the definition cult. of the term cult. <laughs> is what you tried to I do. Mean, if I had a nickel for every time someone tried to tell us that a group that we covered wasn't a cult, that is the thing they use every time. They're just like, no, it's I mean, it doesn't hurt people or whatever. And it's like, look, dude, like all yeah. of the same trappings are there my like my favorite is you know my favorite is the we get instagram comments that are like how dare you call this group a cult haven't you read this press release from glorious leader oh praise to his name (laughs) those are my favorite i love those instagram comments so much it makes me laugh so hard uh those are the ones where they don't realize that we have negatively covered a group and they're just like, all praise to the glorious leader for the donations they have made to blah, blah, blah thing. And you're just like, you should really research better, yeah. I think. Yeah. My yeah. favorite is when we were covering uh, Hell's Angels. And every week I would post a picture of a Hell's Angel on our Instagram and tag it. And we would get genuine Hell's Angels that would just comment, beautiful. Yes. Oh, my God. On the, the ones with Sonny Barger, we got people being like, what a glorious man. Yes. Yeah. No, no joke. I saw those also. And I was like, I'm just going to leave these here. Yeah, I'm not, like, no yeah. not going to no say one, anything. No one tell the bikers what we're doing. They can't <laughs> listen to a podcast while they ride. It's too loud. <laughs> They'll never that, find that out. And, 
the the other one that we the and it uh, the ones we get for Shinjianchi yeah. are my favorite because they're just like I don't know if you know but we cured coronavirus yeah. <laughs> you're just oh like what <laughs> no you didn't <laughs> what are you talking about <sighs> yeah it's pretty bad uh I think what's really interesting about this too is just that her response is basically like you guys are just calling us a cult because you're so jealous of us. <laughs> like Thousands of things have been called cult-like because of how good they are, like Apple or KFC. Um, you'd never say that we're finger-licking good, even though we are, you know? So, <laughs> I just think it's not really fair. Oh, my God. It's not really fair oh that you I'm call sorry. us a cult, but you won't call KFC a cult. It just... I'm sorry that I'm so popular, but it's not my fault that I'm so popular. Basically. I don't think my dad, the inventor of toaster strudel, <laughs> would appreciate this. Oh, my God. Those little packets are like jizz. <laughs> <laughs> At me, Pop-Tarts. You can sauce my strudel any day, one taste. Anyway. uh, <laughs> What? <laughs> Hold First on. of all, sauce. Yeah. Sauce. The word glazed was right there. Oh my god, I'm so wrong. You're right. You can glaze my strudel. <laughs> yeah. As a member, as a as a, a a person of German descent, I think I can say you can glaze my strudel without <laughs> <laughs> I could say it. I have German friends. I have German. I am actually German. My best friend is a toaster strudel <laughs> and he said it's okay. He also said <laughs> when I poked his belly button. So, in 2015, the company paid $325,000 to settle a labor dispute with a formal with a former sales rep who says that leaders of One Taste ordered her to sleep with customers and managers and she considered the experience sexual assault. I would too. Yeah, yeah personally. It's pretty bad. Yeah. I'm gonna. That's where I'm gonna fall on that as well. Yeah, yes. not great workplace practices. In 2016, the group stops hosting group ohm circles, stops student oming in classes, and staff oming in the office in order to lessen one taste's liability. They also hire a quote trauma specialist. I mean, I'm. I am gonna say controversial statement. Maybe don't do sexual stuff in your office. It doesn't seem to turn out great. Yeah, pretty much never. But it does turn on great, if you know what I mean. No, no, I don't. <laughs> Secondly, uh, an ohm circle is literally a circle jerk, right? Yes, literally. That is what it is. So, I mean, um, the problem. The word jerk is kind of offensive. Uh, we we go with circle person. <laughs> I mean, the problem with this company is that they are mixing s business and pleasure so literally <laughs> that you just, it's hard to separate what is business and what is just people doing a sex party. And yeah. if you genuinely believe that finger banging your coworker. <laughs> is a way for you to reach enlightenment like it's hard to set clear boundaries yeah <laughs> like in, when i lived in the sorority house uh we at one point instituted a two layer rule which means that there should be two layers 
of something between me and your vagina in common areas. <laughs> so like <laughs> you sh- like I should be wearing pants and you should be wearing pants. That's two layers. Or at least one of us should be wearing underwear and pants or you could be standing behind a couch. Whatever it was, two layers. <laughs> And I feel like this would have done them good. I feel like you need to be more clear with the two layer rule because technically I could have your I could have a vagina over here, two naked bodies, and then another <laughs> vagina. But then those naked bodies would be violating the layer rule. Nah, like everyone penises, needs it's Ooh. only for vaginas. This is true. This is true. We did not what about have a, a taco penis rule. Front trap supreme over my vagina. I'm pretty sure a taco Delicious. front trap supreme is an STD. I think it's also, isn't that discontinued now? No. Oh, fuck. R.I.P., bro. No, it's the Mexican pizza. I don't remember. So, in 2017, the company nets $12 million in revenue. Whoa. Thank you, Ric Flair. That is a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. That hurt my brain. It's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot of money. Did you ever hear something makes so much money it makes your face hurt? Yes. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Uh, shortly afterwards, Nicole Daydon sells her shares to three other employees and retreats from the organization to begin working on her next book. Now, in early 2018, Rachel Churwitz, who was once the head of sales, resigns. Now, on the surface, One Taste appears to be doing well, despite the whispers, when suddenly, on June 21st, 2018, Bloomberg publishes an article called The Dark Side of One Taste, The Orgasmic Meditation Company. This article brings to light some heinous business practices from a company that purports to be teaching wellness. Here are a few highlights. There's so much stuff in this article. I highly recommend looking it up. It's very good, but we'll gloss over the details for you. First, many of the former staffers and community members say that One Taste resembled a kind of prostitution ring, one that exploited trauma victims and others searching for healing. In some members' experiences, the company used flirtation and sex to lure emotionally vulnerable targets. It taught employees to work for free or cheap to show devotion, and managers frequently ordered staffers to have sex or own with each other or with customers. At one point, Ruvon Meek. Gala, a former employee, complained that he and his coworkers hadn't been paid in two months. He says he was publicly shamed for having, quote, a scarcity mindset. He says it was the norm to work 80 hours a week, only clock 30 hours, and to net $15,000 a year as a salaried employee when your company Whoa. is making $12 million. No, 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 sir. Workers were exhausted by the long hours and were told that they should owe more because, quote, orgasm is an endless energy resource. No, I don't know about y'all, but I want to sleep after most of the time. I, I do love the I do love the opportunities this presents because I imagine sometime in the future, I'm just going to have like 12 women coming on my roof and that's what powers my house. Yes, I wrote in, I wrote in parentheses, get Elon Musk on the phone. <laughs> well, there certainly will be a Musk somewhere after all of those orgasms. <laughs> It's a lot of internet. Is someone grilling salmon? <laughs> what is going on out here? No, this is a sustainable technology, Cheryl. <laughs> did, you guys, did 
guys light that new goop candle in here? Uh. (laughs) (sighs) So, Meet Gala also said that managers told him to own or have sex with older wealthy women right before another staffer called to sell them more courses. (gasps) Which is essentially just like priming them to be a part of this group. Um, some members asked others to pay for their courses, suggesting they'd offer sex or attention in exchange. They even called it hooking. So, okay. So these are people who are already members Mm -hmm. trading sexual favors to pay for their membership. Yes. So a lot of times what would happen is this group would specifically target beautiful women wealthy older women and wealthy like they they specifically would seek out kind of like incel adjacent nerdy techies with lots of money so the shoko asahara method yes yeah kind of so their their goal was to find people that had money but then if you were in the group and you had already like maxed out your credit cards and you didn't have money but you wanted to go to the next class because you wanted to be a part of something one member kind of talks about how you know the more classes you took and the closer to nicole you got like nicole would text you at first and they would you know make you feel welcome and then when you didn't have the money for the next class they'd freeze you out and so mm. in order to feel like you belonged, you would sign up for the next class to be a part of the group again. Or if you were working there, you still had to pay for your classes, but you're only making $15,000 a year. So sometimes if there was like a wealthy older man, he would pay your way in with sort of the arrangement that you would sleep with him for it. So wow. this is something that was encouraged and was happening regularly and people would sort of joke about it um, as like, yes, this is what I'm doing, blah, 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 whatever. So it was so Mm. commonplace that people just accepted it as a normal way of being within the community. They would do what's called aversion practice, which is the company's teaching that you gain power and expand your orgasm, which when they say orgasm, they mean like physical orgasm, but also that's a broader term for your like sexual energy. Um, mm-hmm. And so you could broaden that by performing sexual acts you don't want to do or doing them with people you find disgusting. So that's not good. That's really bad for your mental health. Uh, please don't do yeah. that. Ruan Meepgala says that Rachel Sherwitz once saw him bickering with a coworker and told them that they had to leave work and couldn't come back until they'd slept together. So this is a huge disconnect from what they're preaching in their in their everyday sort of practice. Literally everything she does sounds like a Michael Scott bit that got cut out from the office. Yes. Yeah, it's really dark. Um, Something that I find is really interesting is like when you listen to Nicole's pitch when you read so I listen to slow sex which is her book and when you listen to Mm. slow sex the way that she pitches it is very approachable it's like you and your partner together you have this practice and it is within the confines of monogamy and it is special and you are building trust with another person and I think that on the surface the concept behind that is really good but then yeah. the way that it plays out as soon as large chunks of money become involved 
those ideals and the beautiful place that this idea comes from just completely goes by the wayside because mm. everything that they're doing now is completely against what she is preaching early on. Um, right. In 2015, core members took part in a five-day, $6,500 ahead, one-taste event called Magic School held in Northern California's Mount Shasta. The year before, the final evening featured temporary ceremonial piercings and performers who danced with snakes draped over their shoulders. <gasps> this time, Daydon named a handful of men and women, quote, priests and priestesses of orgasm, end quote. <laughs> the new clergy, dressed in white, conducted a group ohm overseen by Daydon in front of the hundred or so attendees. Says one man, quote, it was a religion, a former employee says. Orgasm was God and Nicole was like Jesus or Muhammad. One taste says the ceremonies were play and compared magic school to Burning Man. It's getting weird, I guys. Mean, it's getting really weird. It's, <laughs> it's getting real weird. It's weird that if this works, I could have been married by... Uh, somebody that was like the priest or priestess what would it be if priest or priestess of orgasm are they called priestess yeah a lady huh. priest if it's a lady lady yeah. priest yeah it's pretty crazy that you could be married by somebody ordained under the church of coming yeah this is true yeah so uh one taste denies all of these claims Especially as the claims are in direct conflict with the sense of peace and wellness the company is trying to cultivate. But the allegations are too much. Chief Executive Officer Joanna Van Vleck resigns. Anjali Iyer steps up to take her place. The company continues to limp along. In November of 2018, the FBI launches an investigation into the company and they are doing damage control. So You mean female body inspectors? <laughs> 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 this is the only place that that joke is in perfect alignment to be extra funny. We've been on the ever since we smelled the bacon salmons. <laughs> oh, God. We're familiar with fish because we're semen. Wink, wink. <laughs> Venus. So, <laughs> I stumbled across this beautiful response to the one-star Yelp review I mentioned earlier for their S <gasps> San Francisco location by Eli Block. Now, One Taste is having this thing happen over and over where people are like, hey, this is a cult. This is a cult. So if you look at their yeah. Yelp reviews, Eli Block goes on and does these like long-ass responses to every single person that is just like gaslighting them, telling them that they didn't understand it. That's so wild. But here's the thing. It's like if there's enough people being like, hey, this is a cult and you really think that you aren't a cult, then you should examine what you're doing that is making people think you're a cult. Yeah. <laughs> like reevaluate your, uh, you know, methods, my dude. I mean, at least people like Unarius, when you're like, hey, this is kind of a cult. They're like, yes. And, <laughs> and you're just like, gotta love you, Unarius. <laughs> Are they all deleted? The beauty of Yelp reviews is once it's there, it's there, baby. Um, so this is what I'm gonna read. Uh I'll read this little this little 
bit right here, which I think is perfect and gives you a good taste of exactly kind of how they respond to things. Eli Block says, we do not market as nor claim to be group therapy. We are a company that sells high quality programs, content and lifestyle services that change lives. I'm a little confused about your criticism of our space and quote pitch. Let me see if I understand. Your criticism seems to revolve around a few key points that we have clever marketing, branding, accessible introductory price points, and an attractive upscale event space with free complimentary beverage service. To be perfectly honest, I don't see what is the matter here. If you wanted to attract customers, what would you be doing differently? I think he's missing the point of her initial complaint which is it's not billed as a business like it's not presented as them being customers it's presented as them being a part of like an organization and a community and a spiritual yes. sense yes it is billed as yeah. church and that it is billed to you is what is happening right yeah um so this is kind of where i hit a wall in my research the One Taste website was taken down in September of 2020, and it seemed like the organization fell off the face of the earth. All of the in-person locations are closed, and it seems to be around 2018 when this Bloom or around 2018 when the Bloomberg article came out, they started transitioning into online only. So like having okay. an online video tutorial because there's so much liability with the in-person classes. So yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent, and it should have always been this. Yeah, it's, it it right. should never have just been like show up here and you're gonna come. Yeah, never. Yeah. That makes no sense. And you know, anytime you have people, anytime you bring strangers into a space and then be like, "Hey, y'all want to touch each other and come?" Like that's not a good business. That leaves so much room for liability. It's pretty bad. Yeah, but luckily, Eli Block left his phone number in a <gasps> Yelp review response. So I called it just to see oh what my happened. God. <laughs> I called the number. I said I'd heard of Ohm and was wondering if there was anywhere I could get into it since one taste seemed to be closed. He said, we're, in, we're at Institute of Ohm now. And I go, hey, does Nicole de Doan still teach with you? And th at this, he started to get kind of flustered. He's like, no, we're a new company started by a core group of people who left One Taste. And at this, oh. he starts to get really suspicious of me. So he starts asking who I am and where I'm from. And I was like, my name is Andrea Gazetta. And he's like, so are you like a journalist or like, what are you from? <laughs> and I was like, I am from Cult Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> after which he declines to continue speaking with me <laughs> but i mean hey you were honest. i was honest <laughs> i was very honest he got really upset with me he's like well it would have been really nice to like know who i'm speaking to before i'm like asked all these questions i was like you could have always asked yeah you yeah. had freedom i didn't you know i didn't lie to you i was just asking questions um right so when I looked into the company, Institute of Ohm, the CEO is listed as Angeli Iyer, the last known CEO of One Taste. 
if you compare their website, so I went through the Wayback Machine and I compared the Institute of Ohm website and the and the original One Taste website. It's almost the mm -hmm. same website. They have the same mm. tutorials. They have the same article links. They use Daydone's book as a selling point. Like all of the same sort of media, all of the same, same stuff. everything is there. That's kind of what happened to One Taste. Uh, hmm. it, it is a group of people. They're still kind of going. They're trying to be online only. I'm not sure if it's going to be lucrative or successful. It seems like they took a pretty solid hit. Um, yeah. But it seems to be kind of died out. It seems to have like a, still a core group of people that have invested a lot into it. It sounds like Nicole kind of got out right before things really hit the fan. And it sounds like yeah, she probably yeah. walked away with a lot of cash. Um, yeah. And all of these people who stayed and who bought into what she was selling are left with the wreckage of this company that really isn't worth anything now. Because mm. the figurehead that made it worth something is gone. In February of 2020, though, Daydone did do an interview with Goop. Oh. <laughs> which is just... I mean, that is her target audience. Yeah, it like is. Like, 100%. But it, it's weird that... It's 50% our target audience, too, so be careful what we say here. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The thing about it... I, so, like, I read it, and it was kind of weird because it was like... You understand that... That they've launched a pretty serious investigation, and, like, the FBI is investigating them. Like, why would you highlight this company at this time, Gwyneth Paltrow? What are you doing? Um, right. but they still did it and they're still selling the same old ohm that same old o that you've been chasing <laughs> what's i mean i'm gonna say consenting adults gonna consenting adult for sure uh, like, for sure the problem i have with it more is on the business side and with people having sex in the workplace <laughs> um but like if you're if you're an adult at home who wants to watch videos about how to orgasm better more power to you i'm not gonna stop totally you. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's the, it's, it's the forced sex work, yep. uh, that is a little rough. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what really is an issue with me. Now, the interesting thing about this group is it seems like it fizzled out and then created other like cult personalities. And I'm going to give mm. you an example. So. I'm sure you all are wondering, what the hell happened to Robert Kandel? Yeah. Where did the, he go? Hold on, hold on. Can I ask you something? Yeah. What, what the it? hell happened to Robert Kandel? <laughs> wow. What I'm... the hell happened to Robert Kandel? I'm so glad you asked, Armando. Mm -hmm. By 2011, when Nicole publishes her book, Slow Sex, he's mentioned nowhere by name. By her own accounts, this is Nicole's vision. Even though Kendall is listed on LinkedIn as the chief offer as the chief operating officer until 2014. This is what happened to Kendall. If you Google Robert Kendall, he started his own company. His website <gasps> currently lists him as quote the modern mantor. M-A-N-T-O-R. And he is a consultant and interim CFO. He also went down to write his own book called quote unhidden a book for men and those confused by them 
It took me until you, from the time you said the word mentor until <laughs> the end of your paragraph to, to realize it's because mentor, mentor. Right. Yes, but he's a man mentor. But and men is already in the name. He's a mentor. It doesn't work if the, th- the original is the, has the word mentor. Mentor. Yes. So this is I have some strong speculation zone vibes here. So this is what I, I here's what's interesting because I have a theory already, but okay, I want to see if we have the same one. This is my word. theory. My theory is if you look at pictures of Robert Kendall and you look at the way his relationship with Nicole is, he is her beta. Like he does all of the clerical treasury work. He's the one that figures out how to get the space. He understands finances. He runs the company and she is the figurehead. And that is also their relationship as Omers together, right? He strokes her. That's what he does both in life and in their meditation practice. And then in 2009, Nicole gets a super rich boyfriend, moves out of the commune, and goes and lives with him. I think Robert Kendall had some feelings for Nicole. I think he was attached to her emotionally and was buying into her vision. And I think that as soon as she abandoned him, he decided to become this sort of like, let me explain men to you. Because he wants to be, he's almost like a... um. What are those guys where they like pickup artists? He's like got pickup artist vibes. Yeah, I could tell because this he, was my he called exact... himself a mentor. Well, <laughs> that was my exact theory. <laughs> that's my exact theory. That's exactly what I think happened. This is full speculation. Okay. These are our opinions. I have no proof, but this is what I think happened. There is another. Remember uh, Ruan Meep Gala, who we mentioned earlier mm-hmm. in this episode. He also is now a pickup artist. So he teaches classes on men about how to pick up women. So I think that this group attracted a very specific kind of man, which is sort of someone who wasn't successful at getting men or someone who wasn't successful at getting women. And then the people who eventually leave try to become their own sort of like leader or guru and have their own like respect because what they're drawn to in Nicole is like she has so much respect she's so knowledgeable she knows all these things and then once they realize that she doesn't know all those things then they're like well I know all the things and I'm gonna be in charge um yeah another uh, someone from the cult podcast Facebook group mentioned that they took a class or they talked to someone who was involved mm-hmm. in one taste and that that woman is now trying to start her own mini cult I think that this group right. attracted a lot of people who wanted to be in charge and there was some like infighting and there was some dominance play. And I think as this group splintered, a lot of the people from it went on to kind of create their own thing, much in the way that Nicole and Richard, sorry, much in the way that Nicole and Robert did by leaving Morehouse. Right. So I think it yeah. comes back to this constant cycle of, I want answers. I seek answers. I realize the guru does not have answers. I become my own guru, but for cult. Right. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, it's one of these things that we keep seeing where like when uh, when there was that whole big hit with like people from India have it all figured out. You know what I mean? Yeah. When that So people went over there. They either heard of or saw very rarely a, a real guru 
And then they came back and were like, I've got it all figured out. And then yeah, that yeah, has yeah. just been splintering and splintering and splintering and getting even more specific every single time and darker and weirder. And I think that there was more cults before this, before Robert. And I think weirder than that, I think there's going to be more cults after this. Totally. Yeah. Totally. It's a Agreed. weird group, you know? Yeah. I also want to highlight for the guy that you talked to on the phone, if you're not a cult, you shouldn't be afraid to talk to people. Yeah. Yeah. It's he's interesting because he was on the original One Taste website, like his face and everything and like said his name. Mm -hmm. So he was really easy to find. And he's one of the shareholders of the new group. But just to Mm -hmm. me, the audacity of like putting your personal phone number on a Yelp review response is like, what was so even the context and then still having that phone number? Well, like the fact that he didn't panic after and be like, I've got to get a new phone. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's so crazy. So another thing. So directly after that phone call, I looked at the Institute of Ohm website and it showed Eli Block's face. Now it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So it's been four oh. days. I think they edited the website and I think they cut down on some of the things. Uh, the website, the Institute of Ohm website also did have, when I looked at it the first time, it had a page of like Nicole teaching a class She's not on there anymore since I talked to Eli. Interesting. So more. Could you, were you able to weigh back machine sauciness? Um, I haven't today because I was just, I was like, oh, let me just like look this over again. I was like, oh, there's some shit missing. That's funny. So I didn't yeah. spend a lot of time on it, but yeah, just some fun facts. I think this is an interesting, interesting group. This is really good. I like this a lot. Yeah. Thanks. You did a great job, sweetheart. Yeah, one. It was delicious. <laughs> one finger, one taste. It's finger looking <laughs> good. Come on down to one taste. Oh my god! Hey yeah. everybody, if you like this episode, it's sponsored by KFC in collaboration with the helpful Honda guys. <laughs> we're get on down here. We're gonna make you feel some type of way. Okay, but hold up. Seriously? Like, a man that can fix your car, but also feed you fried chicken and make you calm? Like, what else do you okay. want? I'm, I'm glad. That's what I married. I'm glad that's the combination you went with, because my first thought was chicken grease as lube. We have different minds. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. I'm trying to maximize profits here, bud. <laughs> no. <laughs> Look, Mm-mm. if we have a KFC one taste merger, we can use the used frying oil <laughs> no it's actually don't do it's that it's actually a perfect don't put it's a perfect don't put fry oil in your don't parts. do that don't do that it would be a perfect uh collaboration because one taste of kfc is exactly how much it takes for you to realize that it was a fucking mistake and you should have done <laughs> it. i was gonna say you know you fry chickens in oil and then you use that oil on chicks let's go oh <laughs> ladies if this is if this interests you, go to kfc.com slash helpful Honda helpful Honda days. Um this is, uh, it's like DoorDash. This is the weirdest way to get away with not paying your corporate taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's why they raised those Kentucky fried chicken to have multiple breasts just for the sex factor? Oh fuck. <coughs> oh god, it hurts my lungs. <sighs> Yeah, that was fun. So yeah, one taste. 
This has been chicken, great. Thank you so sweet much. Chicken. I love you so much. But I love orgasm more. Yes. Fucking haiku. Bam. <laughs> there we go. If you have a haiku to send us, <laughs> Colt Podcast Show at gmail.com. Thank you. <laughs> gmail.com? <laughs> Yes. You have to go get yes, that sir. domain. We got to buy that domain. Is, is that, that a thing? Can can we buy a dot .com domain? If not, we need to figure out how to make Cult it happen. Podcast.com. Chickenlube.biz? Okay. That, okay, I'm sure I can buy chickenlube.biz. Wait, wait. Let's let's play a game of <laughs> what, what they used to call it on Mean Boys where it was like domain names where they would search a domain name and you had to guess whether or not it was taken. Oh my god. And then if it was taken you had to guess how much it was. Oh man. Oh Jesus Christ. Hold on. I'm gonna chickenlube.biz right? Chickenlube.biz is available. I don't have pricing on it though. I'm surprised. Honestly. I know. How could you leave that one on the table? such a great first option for any business <laughs> i mean okay here's where i think we can meet in the middle and i think there are manufacturers that could make this dream happen oh my god lube that smells or tastes like fried chicken <laughs> they make lube taste like no. fruit all the time they make that jones soda that tastes like thanksgiving dinner Sex, sex toy people, get at us. How do we make lube that tastes like I fried hate chicken? I so much. Lube that tastes like fried chicken. Like fried chicken. And we're going to sell it at chickenlube.biz. Have a clucking good time. Chickenlube.biz. Oh, my God. Suitable for breasts, drumsticks, and everything in between. And right in between those thighs. Uh, even though chicken, what is it? Chickenlube.biz? Chickenlube.biz. Chickenlube.biz. Even though that is our main sponsor for life, essentially. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got the logo tattooed on my neck. It, we're actually sponsored uh, by our wonderful, amazing Patreon donor. Bow, bow, bow. Uh, this week we are brought to you in part by Stu Hall. Stew hall. It's like a a place where you go to get a lot of stew. <laughs> yeah, it's like a pool hall for guys named Stew, which I feel like they mostly hang out at pool halls. I mean, stew hall just sounds That's like true. a buffet, which for soup, just different kinds of stew. And I'm kind of yeah, here for that. One hundred percent. As the weather gets colder, I'm like, meet me at the stew hall. <laughs> oh wait, we can't. We have to be outside because people won't wear a fucking mask. Fine. Bro, I okay. Yep. First of all, it took me a second from when you said different types of stews to that you meant S T E W because I thought we were still yes. talking S T U, uh, and I thought it was just a buffet <laughs> full of different types of guys named stew. As long as it's not an S T I buffet. <laughs> that yeah, that's just that's a regular true. sizzler. Um, <laughs> but, and S T U is like a sexually transmitted umbrella you <laughs> know if it's raining transmitted uncle oh ooh. let me fuck you an umbrella before you go outside 
But second of all, on your fucking note about masks, the last time I went to go see my mom before she left the fucking state, we were driving in her car past a Chili's where people are eating inside without masks. I want you all to understand there's people putting their life on the line for Chili's, dude. (laughs) Unpopular opinion. I love Chili's, but I don't love it to like. Not with my to life. I do like chilies, but not to die. I would for. never die for chilies. Do yeah. they even have? Do they have the sizzling fajitas? Is that a thing that chilies did? They do. They still do. But more important for me, they have the honey chipotle chicken crispers, which will make you immediately shit yourself. Yeah. But it's worth it. It's for those like twenty seconds that you get to savor the taste of it as you're running to the bathroom. It's totally worth it. <laughs> um. Anyway, Stu Hall, thank you so much. Uh, you're the greatest buffet slash Patreon donor. Um, if you go to a fucking Chili's right now, dude, I will find you. Anyway. Uh, you can get Chili's to go. Yes. That's what I'm saying, They have bro. extra parking for you. It doesn't even yeah. add up. Why would you risk it all for Chili's, dude? Chili's invested their, their money and their time into making it to go option before coronavirus even happened. So, like, you have no A excuse. Red Robin? Maybe. Because they got all the shit on the walls. It's fun to look at. There's nothing special about a chili. Legit. You know what I think it is? I think it's just bad parents who really just need a night away from their children. And so they drop them off or they have their mom or dad come over and watch their kids. And they're like, I just want to be out and I want to eat with my wife. And it's chili tonight because she's my special lady. <laughs> I mean, real talk. I miss sitting in restaurants. For I really sure. do. I For love sure. I love a good restaurant. That's why I am as a person. But not that much. Yeah. Like no, not enough not that to die much. over. Not it. enough. Not enough to kill a waiter on accident. Yeah. yeah. Like that's not I'm not doing it. And again, it. I wanna again, if at any point you are free to go finally eat anywhere in the world that you do want to eat, and your first meal back in a restaurant is a chili. It might be for me, Armando. It fuck? might be for me. Armando's viscerally upset at this. I, fu- I fuck up a chili. I dude. like chilies, man. I like chilies, and I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm a Red Robin man. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Bottomless fries. I love it. Now, have you been to a but Red Robin? But their fries are not done well enough. Have you been to a Red Robin in the last two years because they've switched? Now they don't, they don't put them in a basket. They put them in a cup, and then when you lift up the cup, there's nothing, and you go, why is it? because it's bottomless they put a pun on a fucking plate dude that's what red robin did for us is that why you like them that's it's the just stupidest the thing I've ever they're bringing heard. comedy is it just for the they're pun? bringing comedy to the to the uh, to the plate to the dinner table and they have that great uh, uh seasoning stuff and honestly now that i think about it i think it's just a restaurant where i could go order a burger and as soon as they deliver it go hey more fries keep them coming i just got these fries they're not gonna be here long because they'll let you get bottomless fries endless fries i mean that's how i feel about the breadsticks at olive garden yeah so i just don't understand why those fries don't have at least two layers between themselves and other (laughs) fries (laughs) (laughs) one layer of ketchup another layer of salt yeah, I'm implementing the two-layer rule when I see people's faces in public. There needs to be at least two layers of fabric. Uh, yeah. One is my mask. The other one is your mask. 
And then the third bonus layer is the glass window pane between you uh, and me and Chili's. That's what breaks us apart. <laughs> That's the difference between me and you. It's three visits to when, the When we dude. can go back to like regular life, I'm going to take you to Chili's and show you the world. Like <laughs> I will show you the Chili's. Queso chips and they've got cheese curds, Ooh. sizzling fajitas. Yeah, you heard. Let's all go to Chili's, please. A bottomless drink. A bottomless drink. Mango lemonades and shit. We could eat anything. This menu's 12 pages long. <laughs> Let's all go. <laughs> I can't Let's do it anymore. But we should go, go to Chili's. Oh, well, we got to stop at a restroom right now. How do you take this magic <laughs> carpet down? <laughs> Just wear a diaper. Be a <laughs> like pro. A fuck, like... Wait, did Aladdin's monkey wear a diaper? No, no, he, no, he had did no not. But should have. Like, he was shitting everywhere. I mean, if you show up to Chili's without depends, what are you even doing with your life? The thing is, is you two people, fifty bucks, Chili's, so much alcohol. That's that their is, drinks are so cheap. That is their. That's slogan. true. They're cheap and they're gigantic, and they have all those things where it's like two appetite or like two appetizers, two entrees. And drinks and desserts for like twenty dollars. Yes, it's very affordable. Chili's for is a awesome. Yes. If you risk your life for Chili's, I Chili's. respect your life less. That's all I'm saying. I'm not risking That's my fine. life for That's Chili's. Fine. I'm getting it to you go. You can eat if it's. They do alcohol for go to if go. If it's now. safe to eat at a Chili's, I'll eat at a Chili's. But if it's not safe to eat anywhere out in public and you eat at a Chili's, I will be upset with you. <laughs> I don't I'm care. not going. I'm just going to get it to go. That's man. fine. You're like, fine. I'm talking in general. Andrea, I see you eyeballing the Chili's. I see you winding and grinding up on see? that beef. It's sizzling on that fajita plate. And you know what I need. <laughs> I'm going to eat you. <laughs> You already know. Uh, if you want to send me your favorite thaiku, um, oh I definitely want to hear it. Uh, haikus, I believe, are five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables, and often relate to yes. nature. Um, but you got to relate it to nature and then uh, <laughs> nature. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Andrea, do you know what I'm saying? No, could you explain <laughs> it to me in explicit language, please? <laughs> uh, penis or vagina or whatever. Or in between. Yeah, whatever, whatever whatever's cool. Whatever's, sure, whatever's, sure, whatever's sure, down. Sure. Um, unless you're in Australia, then I guess it's whatever's up. Isn't that crazy <laughs> that if you go down on somebody in Australia, you're actually going up on somebody? <laughs> Get out of here. I don't think that's how it works. Anyway. I don't think. I think if anywhere, you're going down under hey, on somebody yeah. there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can follow me and get those to me on Instagram and Twitter at Mondo Does Stuff. M A N D O Does Stuff, all one word. Hey guys, if you want to send me your flavored lube suggestion, oof. <laughs> Are you looking for good ones or bad ones? No, I want. Yes. yes. Yes, I do. That is exactly <laughs> what I want. I want to know what's the best flavored lube you've ever had and what is the best flavored lube you would love to try. You know what I mean? Like, 
where yeah. are we going with this? Is it cheesecake? Like, like if we were to start putting it on ice cream, right, and shit? right, 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 right. <laughs> like, what are you gonna glaze? Four twenty, glaze it. <laughs> the uh, the the flavor of lube I want most in my life is Hubba Bubba LeBron lemonade flavor. <laughs> what do you want to glaze your strudel with? That's what I want to know. <laughs> glaze your strudel at me <laughs> on all the things that sundress comic or uh check out my art on instagram at andrea gazetta uh for anyone who ordered a book from me they should have shipped out this weekend um we're recording on thursday but they should be shipped out by monday so yeah yeah if if you want to tell me which Chili's menu item makes you the horniest <laughs> and why, you could send that to me at Paige Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on Instagram. And uh, yeah, if you want to send me Chili's coupons, gladly take them. Love Chili's. But yeah, tell me, tell me which which Chili's menu items get you going. The bottomless, the bottomless margaritas get me bottomless. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I feel like that's the case for everyone who has more than two. They make them strong too. Like one is like pretty good. You know what I mean? They're also the size of like a medium fishbowl. <laughs> like like you could have half an aquarium in there. This margarita is the size of an infant. <laughs> it's the. Am I supposed to drink this or eat cereal out of it? This margarita is the size of the child I left at home with my mom. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Oh, oh, uh, if you know how to make lube fried chicken flavored, add us. Yeah. Chickenlube.biz. Email me at armando at chickenlube.biz. <laughs> um, if you watched our Halloween live stream, <laughs> if you watched that uh, at the time of recording, it's before, it's beforehand. <laughs> So I'm not quite sure how it went. So It I'm, went great. Or. It went great. You saw me streak and cover myself in pancake <laughs> syrup. Good for you. Or I'm sorry. And, it'll, and I can't apologize enough for the things I said. And I apologize to the entire mime community. I really, <laughs> really didn't think that was going to be as offensive as it was. And I apologize. Um, yeah. If you watch the live show. You will be able to download uh, the show and watch it whenever you like. And that info should be uh, going out soon. Um, as far as I know, the same web address and password you use to access the show uh, virtually will allow you to uh, buy that when it is available or to watch that when it is available um if you'd ever want to watch it again or if you were not able to join us live and you want to watch it uh you know whenever you have time at a later yeah. date um that so that'll that that info we will have to you when we have it and also at the time of recording shirts are done halloween shirts are done and we're sending them out we ran into a little problem with um getting them printed turns out when there's a pandemic people don't make as much stuff and when you try to order a lot of stuff it causes problems. yeah it turns out that fast fashion created uh, a, a a terrible thing um wherever blanks are made and so uh a lot of people there's there's been a giant shortage of blanks right now 
and so getting things is difficult and rough but we got them and we got them printed and it's difficult but they're on their way and i'm so excited for you to see it i'm really Yay. fucking happy with the way that they turned out if you want to listen to the show somewhere else, you can find us on Rooster Teeth's official website or on Rooster Teeth's app. Um, yeah. A contractually yeah. obligated. Uh, boy, they love this every time we do it. I'm absolutely positive. I'm sure no other podcast has ever done this bit before. <laughs> None of them. Uh, we're so original. <laughs> that was a I'm branching that out. That one was a chupacabra though. I like the sexy dolphin. Uh yeah, roosterteeth.com or you can find us on their app. A really great platform where you can also find a bunch of other really fun content. Um if you like romantic comedies or if you fucking hate romantic comedies. It's for everyone. It really, really is. It's my favorite podcast. I mean, this one's great or whatever, but like romancing <laughs> the podcast is so good. Romancing the pod with uh, Paige Wesley, Mikey, I don't know his last name, and Todd Schluzer. Mikey um, Randolph? It's it's Mikey Randolph. I don't know if he said he his name. He says it at the beginning of every episode. I didn't remember yeah, if he, he said his name every time. He does indeed. And he is single. Ladies. <laughs> We know you like the smell of Doritos. <laughs> um, That's a horrible sales pitch for Mikey as a person. No, it's not. Okay. It's accurate. Do you want to watch someone play Xbox? Mikey is single ladies. I love Mikey. He's great. Um, yeah, if you want to write Mikey a haiku, please do that. He's available on uh, in more ways than one. Uh, you can listen to that show, Romancing the Pod, right? Wherever you find podcasts. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. You can also listen to Horror Virgin if you're a big fan of horror movies or lack thereof. Indeed. Same crew, but horror. Yeah. They're both yes. hilarious shows that yes. are very, very fun to listen to. I'm very excited because this episode is coming out the same day as Tale of Two Sisters and the next episode. Yeah, the next episode is uh, Planet Terror. So very excited. Did did you? Oh, I got to listen to the tale. It's my month. uh, This Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you're torturing Todd. Yeah. Well, on a rewatch, Tale of Two Sisters was not as scary as I remembered, but I think it's because I knew the end. That's fair. (laughs) And I was like, ah, just like putting the pieces together. So. Um. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else. If, oh, if you like our show and you want to follow us on Instagram, you can at Cult Podcast. Or on Twitter at Cult Podcast Show. You can send us an email to cultpodcastshow at gmail.com. <laughs> or if you want to send us flavored lube and Chili's coupons, yes. you can send those to 3756 West Avenue 40, Sweet K, number 237. Like the Shining. Like the Shining, Los Angeles, California, 90065. Nap snacks made lube. Oh, this. I would use wrap snacks lube so much. (laughs) This lube tastes like Fetty Wap. All right. (laughs) I'm here for it. I feel like that's going to be Andrea's favorite kind. I'm here for it. don't drink flavored no. lube. It's more of a it's more of a sipping <laughs> thing. <laughs> and don't drink the Kool Aid. Bye. Bye. Bye.